Hey, fellow squadmates. I am so excited to share with you all that the Multiplayer Gaming Podcast now has a live Patreon page. We run this podcast independently, and this is a great way for you guys to come support the show. That way we can keep delivering to you all two podcasts per week. In addition to supporting the show, you'll also get access to our exclusive Discord server where you can come interact and play games with Todd, Josh, and I, and also offer recommendations and to submit questions for future shows. You can find a link to our Patreon in the episode description, or you can visit www.multiplayersquad.com. Thanks so much to all of you for listening and subscribing. Now on to the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Multiplayer Gaming Podcast. We come to you guys weekly with a new multiplayer game each week to discuss. And this week, we're going to be breaking down Far Cry 5. Now, for those of you listening to this, you've probably noticed that this is not the voice of our regular host, Todd. He is actually out on paternity leave these next couple of weeks. And his wife's due date is actually today, the day that we're recording, but no baby yet. So for those of you who are just tuning in for Baby Watch 2020, there's your update. (laughs) So instead of the regular smooth and silky voice that you are used to from Todd, you're going to be hearing me, Paul, serve as the active host until Todd returns. And of course, I am joined today by my good friend for hire. He is Joseph Seed's protege, the fourth herald of the Doomsday Cult Eden's Gate, the Peggy himself. Josh. Them darn Peggies opening up all them <laughs> gates all around town. Oh, boy. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. So before we jump into Far Cry 5, how do you feel about doing the show without Todd, Josh? Do you remember when you were like a teenager and your parents would leave you at home oh. for a little while and you were like, I want to be good. Like, I want to follow the rules, but then there's nobody to really like rein me in and, and, and <laughs> know what I'm doing. And that's that's kind of how I feel right now. This might be like the high school party that gets I, thrown at the parents' house and like things are getting broken and it's just pure chaos. I, I mean, you know, I thrive on chaos. So, um, you know, not that Todd doesn't like to have fun, but you know, Todd, Todd's away, so the, the the kids will play. Yeah, yeah, I'll I'll have to channel my inner Todd a little bit. Try to try to keep us on track. Yeah, I'm. You know, obviously, recording without Todd will be a little bit different, being a two man show instead of three. So it's not like we're bringing in a, a third guest or anything like that. But I'm just hoping it'll be like cheers. When Shelly Long left, right? It was like different energy, but it was still great. It so was, we're going to... Yeah, nothing brings yeah. down cheers. No, of course not. So we're going to try to continue to keep bringing you a high level of content. And of course, we'll be excited once once Todd's back with us. So Josh, I think you have a little bit of an announcement you wanted to talk about in regards to our Twitch channel. So yes, We are working. We are hard at work on a Twitch channel. It's just one of those things. It's just another way that we want to bring content to you guys. We want to be able to interact with you. Um, You know, it's, it's awesome that we have this podcast and we really appreciate everybody, you know, listening each week and, you know, interacting on social media and stuff. But one thing that we want to do is have a Twitch channel um, so that you guys can see some gameplay, whether it's, you know, a game that you're familiar with and you just want to see some funny stuff going on. Maybe it's a game that you're not familiar with. Like we tried to show some Deep Rock Galactic. We, you know, we understand not a lot of people have played that game. 
Um, and uh, so that's that's really what it is. It's not quite ready yet. We really want to be able to have all three of us on there and gameplay and make it you know make it something valuable. Um, but I am really pumped to be able to do this because I see a lot of benefit from it. Um, so yeah, it's in the works, man. Um, it's looking really good already. Uh, and I can't wait till it's, uh, it's fully up and running. Yeah. I'm, I'm super excited. I think it'll be such a great opportunity to get to interact more with people who are checking out the podcast. They get to actually see us play kind of, you know, hear how we interact and, you know, razz one another. And I, I think it'll be a blast. And it seems like lately we've both been a little busy. Like we haven't really gamed a whole lot this week. So I was just kind of curious. What, what have you been up to Josh? Yeah, it's goofy, man. I, you know, normally I have plenty of game time. I feel like I get more than most of you guys because my kids are a little bit older and it's just easier for, for me to kind of hop hop in and play something for a little while. But yeah, this week's been a little goofy. Um, I, Dude, I've mentioned it before. I'm such a fan of like collectible card games. Mm. Um, I, I like Hearthstone when Hearthstone came out, man, that was just the bomb. I loved that game so much. I've I've kind of fallen out of Hearthstone. I haven't played in probably a year or so. Um, and then I picked up Gwent, uh, cause you get, you know, I love the Witcher and, uh, Gwent is a standalone game, not the one that's built into the Witcher, but they really, really improved that. So I played the heck out of Gwent and then a, uh, a fan actually, uh, told me about this game, Legends of Runeterra, hmm. which is Riot's version of their collectible card game, like the online card game. It follows the League of Legends universe, I guess. And I've just been having a blast, man. I, I'll tell you why I like card games. This is a, this is, I, I don't know that I'm proud of this, but I eat most meals at my desk. It's just kind of <laughs> like where we, you know, that's kind of where we go. Um, and the, the, <laughs> the bad thing is like, I can eat while I play like a card game because it's right. just the, the one, the one mouse, you know, click, click. I don't have to do anything quickly when the other guy's taking his turn. I can take a few bites, you know, um, I don't know why I just find them super, uh, calming and, uh, I just I love them, man. So but I'd be very curious to see your keyboard and how many crumbs are in there dude, in between the keys. I can feed my family for a week <laughs> if I dump out my keyboard. Like I'm telling you, I try to keep it dusted. Oh man, <laughs> I'm looking down in it right now because it's like backlit. So, but <laughs> it's not don't look good, Paul. <laughs> oh boy. Well, maybe yeah. we can maybe we can auction that off to to our audience see who would no want way, to man. We can feast feed a third world country on, with this thing <laughs> on Josh's crumbs. Well, yeah, I know you've always been a big fan of the card games. I remember seeing you in Slay the Spire a lot. Oh, that uh, maybe great. a year or two ago, but yep. yeah, I, I haven't heard of that one. I have actually been busy playing the Golf Club 2019 <laughs> featuring PGA Tour. All right. <laughs> now, I'm not like a huge golf fan. But I have always loved golf video games. And I know a lot of people are like that. Like, they might hate soccer, but they love playing FIFA. And I never watch golf. I played a little bit in high school because I had some friends who were interested in it. None of that stuck. But I always loved playing it. And Todd was talking a little bit about how he missed playing golf games. And so I just quickly did a search, found this game. I searched for a Steam key on Google. I was able to pick it up for $3. And it's been a blast. And you have not responded once to all these posts Todd and I have done about about the golf club 2019. Are you are you not a golf fan, Josh? Are you not planning to pick this up? So you know how I love trolling you guys, right? And I can yes. be stubborn for no reason whatsoever sometimes. Um, I, 
I love golf games, man. <laughs> oh, do you really? <laughs> I really do. Dude, Mario Golf. I don't know if you remember Mario Golf. Of course but I, I remember Mario Golf. I think golf. it was, what, was it was it the Wii? What was I think that it was, one that came out? I think it was 64 was the first. Was it 64? It might I'm have been. Sure. But I played the heck out of some Mario Golf, man. So yes, I, I hate the actual sport of golf, but I love me some golf games. So I might wind up picking this up, but I don't like, I mean, honestly, like, it's hard to top Mario Golf, man. Like, being able to, like, hit, like, the flaming shots and the, you know, the stuff like that was, I, I like the arcade type golf. That's so funny. See, I, I'm less of a fan of the arcade-style golf. I like it a little bit more serious in that regard. Since you hadn't replied at all, I was ready to talk you into this. <laughs> so I had, like, a couple bullet points. I was going to say, oh. um, first of all. You can grab an adult beverage and sit at your computer mm, and just that's a really good point. Play a couple rounds with me and Todd. Two tons of trash talking, please. I mean, I would love nothing more than for you and me to just watch Todd thirty feet away and just hit his hit a putt that goes forty five feet past the hole because you know it's going to happen at some point. I feel like it would be good material for Twitch. Weirdly, like even though it doesn't have a lot of action. I feel like it would really highlight how we kind of roast each other and have fun. So I was ready to talk you into it, but it sounds like you were just a little late in joining us. No, I mean, especially, I mean, didn't you pick it up for like three bucks? It was $3 and 33 cents. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I could swing that. Yeah. You know, um, but yes, no, I honestly like, and I'm assuming it's just, you know, you swing and then, you know, the next guy in line goes and we're all on the screen at the same time kind of thing. Like, I mean, it's live. I believe so. Todd and I only played one match, and the way Todd set it up, we were playing simultaneously, so it was very weird that we could see each other's balls fly through the air, but you couldn't see the other person. Oh, So really? I'd be, like, on the green getting ready to putt, and all of a sudden this, like, <laughs> lob shot comes and lands right in front of me. It was it was a little strange, but I'm pretty sure we can change the setting. So we'll we'll figure it out. And we got another one of our friends who I think is going to pick it up. I think we'd have a blast. With four I'm down. I I all right. I mean, honestly, I I was joking around with you guys, but I love the rules of golf. I used to I used to be a super duper avid uh, disc golfer, so I've been mean, playing every single day of my life for probably two years playing disc golf. So I like the actual game of golf. I just don't like the the ball and club because I'm terrible with it. Gotcha. Like funny funny story. We we have a. Top Golf around here, you know what that is. But for people yep. that don't know, Top Golf is this pretty swanky like restaurant. It's like a double or triple decker building where everything faces out into this really cool open driving range. Um, and I went there with a bunch of uh, couples one night, and everybody was driving, and I got relegated to the wives group because I was so bad <laughs> at at hitting the ball. <laughs> so. Uh, a little bit of an ego hit there because I like to be good at sports and games and stuff. But oh yeah. yeah, you definitely have that competitive edge, so I'm sure that that bruised the ego a bit there. Yes, but I'll say it right now, I'll pick up golf because I think that'd be fun. Oh, very cool! I I'm so excited. And then I have just one little bit of gaming news that I thought was really interesting, not just because of the news itself, but also how it was discovered. So I don't know if you know this or not, but. Take-Two Interactive, they're the company that owns Rockstar, 2K, you know, huge yeah, conglomerate. Huge, yeah. yeah, mega mega corporation in the gaming universe. They filed an annual report called a Form 10K to the SEC last week, 
And what's interesting about it is it's kind of like an annual report to shareholders, but it has more data. And so it shows a summary of their contractual obligations for the upcoming years. And so it shows, you know, the current year and like the next four years of how much money they already have locked up in various contracts. What's interesting is that there is a huge spike for marketing in 2023. All right. So to put it in perspective, the marketing commitment for this year is under 12 million. But in 2023, it spikes up to over 89 million. So do you have any guesses as to what that might mean? Rockstar, 2K. GTA 6, man. It's got to be GTA 6, it's right? It's got to be GTA 6. I can't think of anything else that they would dump that kind of money into. Yes. Because you know, you're not spending $89 million to hype a new IP. No. Unless it's just the, the best thing ever, you know? Um, man, 2023, though? That's so far I away. Know. It's so far. And I don't care. I'm super excited about any GTA news. I mean, I will take it even with this just being more of a guess. And so Rockstar already came out and said, no, it's not a hint of when it's going to come out. You know, they have other obligations lies. that are internal. Liar! They're all lies, <laughs> right? They, they, we've already done this historically. This is how they predicted when Red Dead Redemption 2 would come out. So I'm super excited. And, and you know what's crazy is, do you know how old GTA 5 will be in 2023? Oh, tw- uh, 10 years? 10 years old. Is it? Wow, that was a really good guess. Yes. I sounded really smart. Spot, spot on. <laughs> but, you know, GTA 5 is still always on the best selling list on Steam. Dude, we played the other day. We did. We, we love GTA Online. And it's sold over 130 million copies. And it's still, you know, a best selling game on Steam. But anyway, I just, I was a little curious. I was wondering if you would be excited for GTA 6. And then also, is there anything in particular that you would be interested in seeing from it? I want, I mean, the gameplay is already there. So honestly, I'd like slightly better shooting mechanics. I mean, they're not terrible by any means, but there's a lot of like gunfire in this game. And I feel like they could make that just punchier and just a little bit better. I mean, obviously a huge graphics upgrade would be phenomenal, but I mean, they can't, they can't really go wrong. They have such a good formula. Yeah. You know, that it's like, how do you how do you mess that up? The storylines are phenomenal. Like if you're playing single player campaign, it's so good. Like the character development is amazing. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know what they could do wrong in this, to be honest with you. But if I had like a wish list, I, I mean, obviously much improved graphics, I think would be super cool, even though they're still good in GTA five. Um, and then just better gunplay, man. Like just the mechanics there, I think would be good. Yeah, I think what I can't wait for is just a newer version of GTA Online. Because I love playing it with you and Todd, but those loading times, my goodness. I mean, oh. we we load for 10 minutes before we can even play together. So I'm super excited for that. I'd be very curious to see a female protagonist, which we have not yet seen from the GTA series. That would actually series. be really cool, yeah. That, that might be a, an interesting spin. And I would love to see it return to a little bit more humor. I feel like Vice City was a little more pulpy, and to me, Vice City was that perfect mix of having a really interesting storyline, but it was still over the top, and it was funny, you know, great acting voices and all of that, and I feel like the last couple of games were a little bit more depressing, so I'm hoping it'll be a little bit more of like that positive energy with the next one. Yeah. Well, the good news is we only have to wait three years to play it, so... (sighs) 
start start making your paper chains (laughs) count down the days that's all right that'll you know i'm gonna schedule a computer upgrade for right around that time so that lets me plan (laughs) we i was gonna say we have plenty of uh uh golf club 2019 to play until then so that that can take up our time paul if we're still playing golf club 2019 when gta 6 is released or nearby i will pay for your golf for my key you'll pay me back yes (laughs) thank you you're 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 very i make that agreement right here on the air (laughs) lock it in buddy oh boy all right well let's let's jump into our our game of the week all right all right it's time for us to talk about is it ubisoft or ubisoft i feel like i always say it wrong no what are you gonna say and then i'll tell you whether you're right i'm gonna say ubisoft yeah that's right okay <laughs> darn it i was really hoping you All went right. with the ubisoft and then oh, I could pick yeah. on you. well it's funny because i didn't realize until i you know hit it that i yeah. wasn't sure what to say all right so ubisoft's far cry 5 to kick things off i grabbed a description of the game from wikipedia i'll go ahead and read it to you guys here far cry 5 is a 2018 first person shooter game developed by ubisoft it is the standalone successor to the 2014's far cry 4 and the fifth installment of the Far Cry series. The game takes place in Hope County, a fictional region of Montana, United States. The main story revolves around the project at Eden's Gate, a doomsday cult that has taken over the county at the command of its charismatic and powerful leader, Joseph Seed. Players control an unnamed junior deputy sheriff who becomes trapped in Hope County and must work alongside factions of a resistance to liberate the county from the despotic rule of the Seeds at Eden's Gate. Gameplay focuses on combat and exploration, players battle enemy soldiers and dangerous wildlife using a wide array of weapons. The game features many elements found in role-playing games, such as a branching storyline and side quests. The game also features a map editor, a cooperative multiplayer mode, and a competitive multiplayer mode. Alright, so I think that that just about covers it there. That covers just about all the bases right there, yeah. Yeah, a little bit longer than we would maybe normally read, but we're not going to really cover any mechanics or anything like that. So I I felt like that description would kind of do the job. And so to kick things off, I was kind of curious, Josh, what is your history with the Far Cry series? I have played not all of them, but I've I've played a lot of Far Cry 4. Me and another buddy of mine co-opted that game from start to finish which was a blast. Uh, so I've, I mean, I probably got 40, 50 hours into Far Cry 4. I played Far Cry 2 back in the day, um, and now 5. Um, and then I just, like, I haven't played Primal. There's Far Cry Primal that I thought looked pretty good, kind of like that take on it. I mean, there's Far Cry New Dawn, which is the direct follow-up to 5. I didn't play that one either. So, I mean, I, f- I feel like I'm pretty familiar with the series, but it also doesn't change a whole lot like this is one of those games where and maybe it's just ubisoft but it's like they know what they have they're gonna release a new one but they're gonna follow the same formula because they're gonna keep it safe and and what people like like when you buy this whatever far cry 17 it's gonna be far cry still you know exactly what you're getting right yeah exactly for good or for bad honestly and there's there's a little bit of both there in my opinion but you yeah you know what you're getting for sure Okay, so if you remember, when I first started playing Far Cry 5, we very briefly talked about it in Discord, and I think I told you that I played a little bit of Far Cry 2. And that is not true. 
So <laughs> I I started playing. Far- I was so about to pull out my Far Cry Two quiz. Also, yeah, okay, yeah, I would fail at it because here for years I've been saying, yeah, I played some Far Cry Two. It was fine, whatever. I jump into Far Cry Five, and I quickly realized that like none of it really feels familiar. And I remember always hearing that the Far Cries like stay consistent. And so I I I, I took to YouTube. I knew that I made this mistake. I have always mixed up far cry with just cause in my head and these series are like very similar to me yes and i have no idea the difference and so i immediately went to just cause 2 gameplay just cause 3 gameplay Uh, oh there it is i played just cause 3 how could i forget the guy standing on top of like an old school rotor airplane with a rocket launcher shooting guys while standing on the airplane so i was like oh this is what i played So this was actually my very first Far Cry game, and maybe this speaks to why I felt like the game was so amazing, because I'm not coming from that long line of already being used to these mechanics and already playing it. For me, this was like a very new, fresh, different kind of sandbox game that felt much newer to me than it would have to you. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense, honestly, because I mean, I, you know, there's... Far Cry 5, I mean, most of the Far Cry series, they do an awful lot right. Like, there is a plethora of content. I mean, you can do, like, car racing and airplane racing. I mean, there's all these little side missions and stuff that have nothing to do with the storyline that you can do in this game. I mean, you can constantly find new stuff to do. You can go hunting. I mean, that's a huge part of the game is hunting animals and stuff, too. But to me, it was all very, very familiar. You know, like I said, there wasn't much different from Far Cry 4. And I just remember, like, you were really into playing Far Cry 5. And I was like, man, am I, like, am I missing something? Like, maybe I'm just a little jaded. Like, I really liked 4 a lot. So maybe 5 was just not quite as good to me. But that makes a lot of sense now. Because if it was my first foray into the Far Cry universe, like, yeah, that's a fun, that's a fun experience. Yeah. And, and there were some things that people criticized story-wise. But I think for me... My experience with Far Cry 5 was probably very similar to your experience with Far Cry 4. Yep. And and for me, I love sandbox games in general. I mean, I love any game where you have main storyline missions, and yet at the same time, it's an open world. It encourages exploration, and as you get into these new areas, you meet very colorful, you know, secondary and tertiary characters They'll give you side missions and you get to really just like experience this world. And I feel like GTA has always done that in spades. I felt like Far Cry did it amazingly well. Uh, But there's a lot of games that are like this, right? Like Assassin's Creed is very similar. Uh, Saints Row. It definitely falls in line with those games. So if you're not familiar with Far Cry, if you like any of the other games I just mentioned, you'll probably like this one. So like our sandbox style games, your cup of tea, Josh? It's a mixed bag for me, man. Like in all honesty, I I have a ton of fun with them, but then I get like aimless. I need some direction, like to be honest. Like I could because I know myself well enough to know that if I don't follow the main mission and I do nothing but you know thirty hours worth of side quests, eventually I'm just gonna burn out or I'm gonna forget where I was on the main mission. Mm-hmm. And then I'm just, it's going to like, I'm going to fizzle out and I'm never going to play it again. And then I don't get to experience like the actual full storyline in a game either. So I've found that more often than not in the last few years, I have to force myself to do the main mission 
so that I don't get like game ADD and then fizzle out before I actually yeah. beat the game. You know, like, but I love it. I mean, there's so much fun stuff to do. So it's this weird bag for me of like, oh, look, uh, oh, if I here's an airplane race I found and it's like, oh, this is super cool. Like I'm cruising over the the lake and oh, I got to go down this waterfall and, you know, now I'm fishing for an hour and a half. Right. And yeah, exactly. What am I doing? So, Wait, what's going on? Yeah. And then it's like, wait a minute, like, and then I get tired of fishing and flying airplanes. And then I'm like, "Eh, I'll just go play like something else. And then before you know it, the game's just sitting on my desktop, like going, uh, you know, ignored and and, neglected. Uh, So I I think it's a great, I don't want to call it a genre, but yeah. So I really enjoy sandbox games, but at the same time I get lost and then I don't wind up playing them all the way through. I, I get that. I think a lot of people feel that way. And also, if you if you do everything that this game has to offer, it's just such a time commitment. I mean, it's not as big as Red Dead Redemption Two, but we've we've joked about it before. I mean, you could dump three hundred hours of just walking around and watching interactions between the AI characters and just goofing off in that game. And Far Cry, you could very easily do the same. And my problem is instead of having like gamer ADD like you do. For me, I have a compulsion to 100% video games. And so for me, it's very hard to see a side mission and not do it. So if I play a game like Far Cry, it's going to take me 60 hours because I'm going to feel the need to go out of my way and do every side mission. And I couldn't do that for this podcast. I just beat this game over the last 11 days and I had to skip a lot of the side missions, which actually made me really sad because those tend to be some of my favorite missions in games like this. Do you feel like once you beat the game, because a lot of games will let you just kind of keep on playing, but once you beat the main story, do you feel like it's like closure then and so you don't have any incentive to go do side missions? Kind of, except I always want to do all the side missions first. That way, when I finish the last mission, the game's done. Like, I want to end on that it's high like note of the story. It's like a true end kind of thing for you, right? Yeah, like my true canonical ending. That's that's how I want it to go. Um, but the side missions that I did complete in this game, I loved. I thought it was amazing. I, I told you, I, it was, I don't remember if it was, you know, talking to you or just posting in Discord. But my initial impression of this game was like Ubisoft had all this insight into exactly what kind of video game I want to play. And Taylor made it for everything I love. So, like, I've already documented on this podcast my love for, like, learning about cults. And, like, when we had talked about how I was playing Cult Simulator, which, by the way, underrated game. (laughs) I am fascinated by the pull that charismatic leaders have of people and, you know, manipulating them into doing things. Or, you know, arguing their way to, to you know, convert people to these crazy causes. And so right off the bat, I'm predisposed to like the storyline. And the first 10 to 15 minutes were so incredibly immersive and so high stress, anxiety producing that I immediately bought all in to Far Cry. In the very beginning of this game, you're flying in along with a federal agent and the town's sheriff and you're going to go arrest Joseph Seed who is leading this doomsday cult. They are highly violent. They are weaponized. And you go in there, and all of the crazies from the town all come out, and they're all surrounding you, holding automatic weapons, and they're all yelling at you that if you try to arrest Joseph, they're they're not going to let you leave. And you just get walked down, you know, surrounded by all these violent 
people. And I just thought that it was so great. I was immediately sucked in. I loved the atmosphere and the voice acting of Joseph was just so well done that it was like an interactive movie in the best possible sense. The intro to Far Cry 5 is phenomenal. Like that whole experience of like you're going to arrest this guy and then you show up and it's this like, you know, white, beautiful little church. And then it's like you said, all the the crazies, you know, and then you walk in. I mean, that's a that's a super intense moment. And then when the game opens like that. And it's funny because it tells you like you it's like you have to arrest him. Then it's like press, you know, press, you press know, enter to handcuff enter to, to handcuff him. And then you like you have to do it. So then you're like, wait a minute, do I have a choice here? You know, and then, yeah, <laughs> it's like, you know, that's one of those things where. But I, I mean, I, as far as an opening for a game goes, man, and something that all of the Far Cry series does is really flesh out like their villains. Yes. And that's what I've kind of learned in hindsight. Like I've watched some videos of the previous Far Cries, and at some point I'll probably pick them up and go through them when I have the time. But it does seem kind of like the the DC movies tend to have these more boring protagonists, but really well done villains. And I feel like that's kind of like the Far Cry series. And yet this game starts out so intense and so serious. And then as soon as the world opens up, I mean, this game just goes into <laughs> chaos. I mean, I remember, I remember getting through like the little opening tutorial and then they tell me, you know, go help free this like, you know, area of town on this street and I drive there, I run into the garage, and there's just a rocket launcher, and I pick it up, and there's just all these enemies pouring in, and I'm just blowing them to smithereens with this RPG launcher. And every character in this game, I don't know how else to describe it, every character is extra in every single oh, sense. That's a great description, man. Be <laughs> they are so much larger than life, it is unbelievable. And they're all funny. That's something that maybe maybe 5 does better than any of the other ones is the humor involved and i don't i don't know if it's because it's you know it's in america and you know it's like and mm -hmm. and it's just that over the top like i mean you laugh because every time we'd play together i mean i dressed my guy up in an american flag shirt with a mullet oh yeah you know uh, it was a sick mullet yes and i mean that was like that's the theme of this game and man, do they just roll with it. And there are so many moments of just pure hilarity in this game. And it's like, they know it. Like, they're just soaking it up and they do it on purpose. But I mean, it's awesome to see at the same time that they're not trying to make the game overly serious. But then at the same time, they can weave in these super cool cutscenes, like the opening and, and some of like the deep, conversations you have with some of the villains you know when when you're fighting them and stuff yeah. like that too so it, it's it's really really neat that they can mix that so well yes and so i think that would be a good segue to talk a little bit about some of the humor in the game all right so i i had a little mini segment here that i i went ahead and gave a title i i didn't get permission from from you or todd about this but i thought maybe we would just call it remember remember the 5th of november <laughs> <laughs> All right. So memorable moments from this game. For me, it is the funnier scenes that really stick with me along with the intense opening scene. And so I wrote down two. I'll, I'll share one and then I'll kick it back to you, Josh. But for me, my favorite quest line in this game 
was the the testicle festival. Okay, (laughs) so you are you're helping free this town, and I I told you guys all these characters are extra in this game. And so the guy goes on to talk about how every year they have a Rocky Mountain Oyster Festival, uh, which if you don't know, come from bull testicles. And so he goes on to say, despite all the violence and the kidnappings by the cult, we got to throw this festival. This is what keeps this town moving forward. And so he tasks you with going to harvest enough Rocky Mountain Oysters to run this festival. And he asks for three specific kinds, okay? He asks for Rocky Mountain oysters that are engorged. He asks for some that are shredded. And he asks for some that are charred. All right. Now, this is one of the very first missions that I ran in this game. I still did not expect the level of humor that this game has. So I hop in a car. I drive up to the farm where you're supposed to go find this. And as soon as I park, it tells you to shoot the lock to release the bulls. And so I do it. And the bulls run. And it tells you, wait until one of the bulls is getting busy. That way you can go harvest your engorged Rocky Mountain oysters. And the game immediately starts playing sexual healing. And I just about died laughing because I did not expect that in this game. I thought that I thought it was already funny enough that I'm going to get this. Then all of a sudden you hear like the bass line and the drums and then the song kicks in. And so then I'm like, oh, gosh, I guess I'm, like, shooting one of these bulls now. So I shoot the one bull. Then it tells me, well, now you got to get shredded Rocky Mountain Oysters. Well, how are we going to do that? Oh, Go hop on the wheat thresher <laughs> and go run over one of the bulls. And I was not, like... Not, you know, dice him up with a knife in a kitchen. No, Because that would no. be the logical thing. Is like, no, go hop on a giant thresher. You got to shred them out in nature. And I, I just about, like died that i was like am i really gonna run over a bull with a wheat thresher like this is incredibly violent and yet incredibly hilarious at the same time i i can't imagine like anyone who's looking for like humane butchering of animals this, oh, no. this, close your eyes you do not want to watch the scene and so you do that and then for the third one for charred rocky mountain oysters they say go kill one of the bulls with fire and so you like time. chuck a molotov or a flamethrower and I could not believe that, for lack of a better word, the, the Rocky Mountain Oysters of Ubisoft to throw in a questline like this. It was it, it totally shocked me and took me by surprise in the best possible way. It's what I love. It's one of the things that I love about the game is the absurdity of the missions. And they're like they're good missions like it's not they're absurd and they're stupid like these are like good missions to do they have clear goals and they're not always easy but then you're like is this really happening like is this really part of the game right now like (laughs) one that stands out to me is because you had started playing a little bit before i joined in Mm -hmm. and one of the missions that we did was this you come across this crazy guy that's like a scientist that has like a tesla coil built out in his backyard And he's just a, I mean, this guy is like major conspiracy theorist. He's telling you about how the government's frying your brains and all this stuff. And he needs you to go do, do something. So it's like, okay, well we go do that. And then we come back. Right. And then he starts spewing about how the government's hiding aliens from us. And he's got to track down all these aliens 
And it's like, what? Like, really? And so he sends us on these missions, and then we have to go investigate these cows because the aliens abducted the cows and probed them and stuff. And so we're off in a pasture with crop circles looking at cows that are glowing and stuff, collecting samples. And you're, you're running all over the place. You're doing this. You're like, man, this guy is like the nuttiest guy I've met. And then it's like the final mission, and then you bring it, and then it's like, the dude was he was right yeah he stands he's like standing under his tesla coil and just like somehow teleports and just leaves like an alien gun yes exactly and then like an alien gun is there and you're like wait a minute like what like i thought this guy was crazy and they're like no no that's that was really it yeah and it's like even though that guy just pops up for like three very short side missions it's totally memorable like you don't forget those types of missions Another one of my favorites is a character uh, that was named Nick Rye. And so he's a pilot. And if you look on the map, you see it very early on in the game. It's called Rye and Sons is the name of the airfield. And when you go there, you find out that his wife is pregnant. And he keeps talking about how he can't wait for his son to be born. And every time he brings it up, his wife is like, Nick, the ultrasounds showed that it was a girl. It's going to be a girl. And he's just in denial. Like, this is not, he's always talking about Nick Jr. And so, like, later, it's kind of obvious, but she goes into uh, labor, and now you have to protect the family while it's getting raided by the Peggies, who are the persons of Eden Gate Peg. So they're the members of the cult. They're running in, and Nick's, like, yelling, but Nick Jr.'s not due yet. And then, of course, she gives birth, and it's a girl. And what does Nick say? He's like... Oh man, I'm gonna have to change the name of the business now because it's Ryan's sons. <laughs> you know, so there's just you know there's so much humor peppered throughout this game. I love it. Even Nick at one point before you start fighting here, he's like, "We're gonna go out there like Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid," and then his wife's like, "They both die in the end of that movie." You know, so it's just hilarious characters. I really love the humor it definitely sticks out to me anything it's, in particular you wanted to speak to, to the humor without I mean, us spoiling yeah all that's of the, the humor. problem it's like that's honestly is like you know we we've kind of given some spoilers but there's so much more to the game than that i mean herc is a hilarious character cheeseburger is a bear a big grizzly bear so there's this <laughs> whole mission line yeah it's your friend who yeah, will come fight for you and maul oh, and enemies wrecks, at your side he wrecks face you don't mess with cheeseburger Man, but yeah, I mean, there's a whole mission line to go like rescue Cheeseburger and make sure you don't give him diabetes. <laughs> no, he, he already has diabetes. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, he's you got have to diabetes. feed him salmon. You be careful. Yeah, you got to be careful what you feed him. You can't feed him. Cheeseburger suffers from the the sugars. You know, I, I yep. mean, that's this game though. In a, in a nutshell, like that is this game. It is one. I mean, man, the 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 quest lines, the missions, the characters are extremely memorable. Absolutely. And, you know, this is a little bit more of a, of a serious topic coming right off of talking about, like, the funnier moments. But this game did release with a lot of controversy. And it was primarily from the, the Christian community. And I think it's because the initial trailers, which I did not see back in the day. I just jumped into this game. And after I went back and started watching some of the older trailers, they are a little bit intentionally... Uh, inciting in what they show. You know, you do see the cult uh, taking weapons, kidnapping people, forcibly baptizing them, and you see the violence. And it's not really explained that this is 
a completely bonkers cult. And so I think a lot of people were worried that it was going to just be like an attack on Christianity. And, you know, you and I are both faithful believers. And I personally did not find this game to be offensive in the least. Yeah, and I, didn't I was either. curious if you did. No, no. I did I, not at all. And I remember the, like, the outrage that they had because they kept showing joseph seed and he's very charismatic i mean you know it's one of those things where it's like you know that was that was kind of what they were doing is they were like look here's this super charismatic guy and he's kind of leading people astray and you you like the guy like i mean i, I like the guy like he's honestly as crazy as he likeable. is like i know like that's the thing that they do right in this is when you know it's like you know, I, yeah, I kind of like him, which is strange. Like, you know, it's, it's like, I don't know why I do, but that's, you know, that's part of what makes the game interesting, but I don't see the people being upset by that. I mean, if you play the game, you realize very, very quickly, like this is not an attack on any, any religion whatsoever, you know, other than like the, the, the really crazy outlying cults. Like, well, sure. That's right, one of the yes. main reasons that I didn't find it offensive at all, because cults like this do exist. Yeah. You know, David Koresh. All right. Like, are you familiar at all with yep, the with Branch Waco? Davidians uh, from Waco? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, they were the more tame version of this. This is just that cult, but more violent. You know, that was a cult that was stockpiling weapons. It was a dangerous situation. They had a lot of doomsday prophecies, you know, and this game is no different than that. So I feel like it's an accurate reflection of what we do see in real life. And I feel like it's so different than everything about the gospel. It can't be perceived as an attack on that. This is, if nothing else, maybe it's a satire or making jokes at the expense of those types of cults. And so I, I didn't find that uh, to be offending or offensive at all and then also a lot of people felt like the game was anti-american no i don't see that either i mean it's cliche it's cliche in a lot of ways but i mean uh -huh. i like i said i rolled with that i mean my mullet and my american flag shirt you oh know, yes. it's kind of like i mean it's america <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i mean this it's almost like if you were to pull europeans who have never been to america and all they've ever experienced is reddit they would say, this is what America is like, right? I mean, the bear's name is Cheeseburger. Yes. I should tell you. <laughs> the bear has diabetes, let alone the people. You know, so I, I don't mind a little bit of razzing on America as long as it's funny. And the razzing in this game is funny. It, it kind of reminded me, like, you never watched the show Arrested Development, did you? No. Uh -uh. So in that game, there's a great scene where in We Britain... They have an American restaurant, and they're all dressed like cowboys, and the guy brings out a basket of donuts instead of rolls. <laughs> and he's like, how about I bring a couple of 64-ounce colas to wash down these donuts? And, like, that's, you know, it's funny. Yes. It's it's just poking fun at America a little bit. I didn't take it seriously. I You know, they hate us because they ain't us, right? <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> I want to go to the donut restaurant now, by the way. That sounds great. <laughs> Donuts instead of rolls. That's yeah, that's a money I, idea right there. I mean, hey, write that down so we don't forget. Yep. 
let's yeah. let, let's do it i, I mean I, yeah i don't get the outrage i don't get the people being upset i mean you could find something in any video game to get upset about you know it's violent or oh it's you know whatever but i will say this the fire cry is not i mean this is a this is a mature game this is not yes. for like young kids this is not a game that children should be playing by any means this is definitely a mature game i mean there's a lot of language there's a lot of serious subject violence matter. you know yeah i mean there yeah. really is so oh you know. very disturbing stories i mean we're a family-friendly podcast and there are stories in this game about the guy called the cook and if you want to experience like skin crawling tingly horror stories that's a great one and it's very well written but yeah this game is it does not hold back it it is capital m mature it's m yeah. plus rated yeah. <laughs> So for our younger listeners out there, don't ask your parents for this game. Yeah, not not until you're a little older and yeah. then it, then jump into it. It's fantastic. So, all right, just a, a little bit left here um, to cover for the show. But I thought we could do another little mini segment. I feel like we've talked about most of the positive things. So this segment is now called 10 Things I Hate About You. <laughs> all right, now we're not going to count. I don't think we need 10. All right. what What did you not like? in far cry 5 it's a little disjointed i mean it's one of the things that can work for it at times but a lot of the stuff you can do just is not impactful at all like i almost feel like they threw it in to try to generate content and to me that's never a good idea you know um like hunting in far cry 4 was important because you needed to actually you needed to hunt to gather materials so that you could craft like larger holsters and larger ammo bags and stuff like that so there oh, was a definite point to that and i remember hunting for a while in that game because it, there was a definitive reward for that whereas like in far cry 5 like hunting you can hunt like they even tell you, you like oh there's whitetail in this area and then it's like but it's completely pointless yeah. you know and so it's like why why add that for anything other than to say oh look how much there is to do yeah, they 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 might have overreached a little. I think that's a fair criticism. Maybe if they self-edited down a little bit. And then, I mean, people would complain no matter what, right? Like, people who are used to all that in the previous games would probably complain. But it does... It's a very ambitious game. I will definitely give it credit for that. They They might have bit off more than they can chew, but they really did aim high. And a lot of it really does still click. I think for me, my biggest complaint is that basically Joseph, the leader, he has his three heralds, who I did not find to be as interesting as Joseph. He has his two brothers, Jacob and... Oh, boy. Uh, oh, man. Anyway, whatever their name. They're, they're, they're forgettable. That's Well, that's honestly, that's John. kind of the point. John, yeah. and that's John their... and Jacob, and then Faith. And so they each run a different portion of the county, and basically as you release more people and you bring more people to the resistance in each section it goes up on a meter and when you complete each third then within the next two or three minutes of gameplay something happens where your character passes out or they get shot or they get kidnapped and no matter what you do you can't stop it from happening and it really takes you out of the game and you feel this loss of control you don't have a chance to fight your way out of it and it really broke up the action, and I was not crazy about that mechanic. You know, like one of the characters, because they're not going to kill you. They've been instructed by Joseph that you're going to convert into Eden's Gate 
And so they all have orders not to harm you, but they will still kidnap you, uh, brainwash you. They will try to tattoo, you know, your, your sins on your body. And I just did not like the way that worked where you just automatically get kidnapped. And then you watch a seven minute cut scene of characters. I did not care as much about, and that's honestly getting a little nitpicky. But for me, that's the thing I, I disliked the most. That makes sense. I mean, you're a guy that just liberated an entire, you know, town or multiple outposts, you know, and, and yeah. then all of a sudden it's like, oh, this guy comes along and punches you in the face and now you're knocked out and captured. Like, that's that's very disjointing. Like, I, I agree yeah. with you 100 percent on. Or I'd be in my attack helicopter, which, by the way, we didn't really touch on that. I mean, this game has a lot of vehicles, boats, helicopters, planes, wingsuits, parachutes, all kinds of stuff. And if you're just in your attack helicopter, all of a sudden they'll just yell, oh, go get them. And then the screen goes dark and you wake up kidnapped. Yeah. So it's like, oh, come on. We, we could have worked on this a little bit more. Yeah. That, that's all I, all I had for things I, I didn't care for. All right. So now we're at one of my favorite segments where we're going to go to the community and see what some of the other players of Far Cry 5 have to say about the game. And I love this because I just get to cherry pick funny comments. I don't have to worry about anything I say. I can, I can just grab them and read. So I love it. Now, this game has so many great reviews. I just copied down like, I don't know, six or seven of these. And a lot of them are short. So I'm just going to run through all of them because they're great. All right. Probably my favorite one here is the first review. You can hunt wildlife with shovels. You can throw them like spears. You can swing them like a bat. You can clear an entire outpost with only a shovel. You can get a perk that allows you to carry, I am not kidding here, nine shovels. My shovels thrown per minute, or STPM, is honestly insane. There's also something about a cult and you need to save some people. Look, the point is there is no better game that allows you to shovel your way to the end as good as what I have played so far. 10 out of 10. Like, now, were you aware of all the shovel memes in this game? I, no. How am I missing this? I did not want to see anything about this game until I finished. And half the reviews are about running around chucking shovels at people. And I had to jump back in the game. And it's true. Dude, you just put a what? shovel as your melee weapon. You chuck them like javelins. And they one shot almost everything in this game. This just opened up a whole new world for me. Yeah. So your guy's literally running around with an RPG, an AR, a pistol, nine shovels, proximity mines. It's it's a little ridiculous. But the shovels, once I saw that, I just started watching videos and seeing all the memes. It's great. The shovels are real. If you haven't experienced it, go check it out. That's funny. Now yeah. I'll have to because I had no idea at all. Apparently, I like shooting people more than bashing them with shovels. <laughs> yeah. Don't... Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I normally would go in stealth, and you can play stealth with the shovels. You just chuck them at people, and oh. they're none the wiser. <laughs> yeah, it's it's great. All right, so a couple of shorter reviews here. They should use this game to diagnose ADD. Yeah, there you go. 100% accurate representation of the United States. <laughs> I, I would say maybe 85% accurate. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a little over the top. This is what liberals think Trump supporters are all like. 10 <laughs> out of 10. <laughs> oh, boy. It really is. This game inspired me to grow a mullet. And I got to tell you, 
Josh's character has one of the greatest mullets I have ever seen. Yes. I spent a lot of time on that guy. Yeah. It, it's fantastic. A little more of a serious note. This this next user gave it a negative review. Terrible ending, a repetitive grind, boring story missions, and the weapon selection is awful. Graphics are insanely beautiful. If this were a hunting and fishing simulator, it would be perfect. So here's one of those guys who actually really did love the hunting and the fishing, didn't care so much for the story. And you know what I have to say to that? Just go hunt and fish. Yeah, I mean, you can. Uh, you know, he makes a good point. We didn't touch on it. The weapons in this game are, I feel like they're a little lackluster. It's more like the category that you have. You know, you can get assault rifles or snipers and there's, you know, there's multiple ones in each. But like I switched through a few of the the ARs and I couldn't really tell a difference, man. Like other than like one had a bigger mag, like they it just wasn't a big difference in the weapons to me. Yeah. So I it's funny because I rolled with the same two weapons the, like the entire game. You know, I like I tried out a few, but it was like, well, there's just no point in this. So it, it, it's, again, one of those things where I feel like they added it for filler, but it didn't really impact the game either. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed the silenced pistol and silenced sniper. I didn't really roll with anything else. All the guns are kind of interchangeable, like, like yeah. you mentioned. And then the last one that I wanted to read here, and this is kind of one of the famous things about Far Cry, which I now know after, you know, reading information and watching videos. And so here's the last review. I open the game, get to the first cutscene of the game. I have a feeling that God doesn't want me to arrest this man. I'm being told to, but I don't. I then beat the game in record time at 0 0.3 hours. <laughs> All right. So Far Cry is now kind of famous for putting this in their games you can quote unquote beat this game in 15 minutes. Do you want to tell them how Josh? Yeah, it's funny, man. We kind of touched on it or hinted at it earlier in the show, but when in the initial opening scene, when you go in to arrest Joseph seed, he doesn't resist. And he even says like, go ahead and arrest me. You know, God's, God's not going to let me, you know, let, let you take me or something like that. And you know, it says like press enter to arrest or to place handcuffs. But if you just sit there, and don't do anything, then the characters around you start kind of going like, hey, man, like, you know, put the cuffs on them. And there's like a little bit of chatter and stuff. And then they're all just kind of staring at you and shuffling around a little bit. And if you wait long enough, all of a sudden, like, he's like, come on, Rook, let's get out of here. And you yeah. just turn around and leave and you don't arrest him. And then, <laughs> and and then credits. the credits roll. Credit yeah. roll. And it's like, okay. So, I mean, I think that's a cool touch, to be honest. I mean, obviously, people are going to go back and play the game. But to have that be an option is a pretty cool touch, in my opinion. Yeah, it's just a little silly, like, Easter egg, you know, that that's thrown in there. I do think it's quite clever. And they have it again at the near the end of the game. You know, oh, they have the one where, yeah, remember at the end? Oh, it's right, like, right, right, oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, Take it's like the very end of the game, and you go. get to make another choice. And it's, yeah, I don't, I'll, like I said, I'll try not to spoil anything, but you get another choice near the end of the game, too. Yeah, you do. Which, you were telling me to let Joseph go free, and I said no. We're, yeah, I know. <laughs> we're I was like, fighting this go, guy go. here let now. Let him go. Let him yeah. go. Yeah, I, I had, I guess, a little more of a violent streak in me at yeah. that point. <laughs> All right, so as far as ratings go for this game, since now I knew a little bit about some of the controversies and whatnot, I put my guess at 82%. I think 82% of the Steam reviews are positive. What about you, Josh? I'm going to go a little lower this time. I mean, there's a lot to like about the game, but having 
played Far Cry 4, which I think is probably one of the better ones. I mean, this one fell a little short for me as well. Um, I'm going to say 74%. Ooh, right on the dot, buddy. 74%. Oh, really? I almost yeah. said 76, man. And then I was Dude. like, nah, I go a little lower. Do I get a, do I get a bonus or like a prize for that? You guessed the year of GTA 5. You're guessing the know, Steam score. right now. Yeah, it's, it's almost fishy. No. <laughs> I don't know I would about never this. cheat. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go, Josh. You, uh, you, you win the segment. And uh, I think this will be a fairly short segment here, but go ahead and, and introduce us for, for Make Love, Marry, Murder. All right. This is where you play sexual healing. Right? Oh, sexual so, healing. No. <laughs> I don't think we have the rights to that Darn one. It. All right. Take all it away. Right. Well, hey there, ladies and gentlemen. It's time for another smooth round of Make Love, Marry, or Murder, where Paul and I tell you how we feel this game all right um i'm man i'm gonna just say make love on this one i okay it's a good game it, it really is it just like i said there's something about it that just didn't resonate with me as much as far cry 4 and i'm not taking anything away from far cry 5 i mean from a co-op multiplayer standpoint it is a blast like that's something that we should point out if you're playing with this with your friends you're going to have a real good time. It's only two player co-op, you know, so it is slightly limited there. They do have a multiplayer, ver- you know, section where you can do more kind of arcadey type stuff, but I just it's that disjointedness that bugs me. There's hilarious hilarious moments in this game. Um, but it's it's not a game that I will likely go back to once I beat it. You know what I mean? As far as that goes, like it's not a game that I'm going to keep going back to and returning to and all that. So I think it's a hot and heavy make love. Hit hit it and quit it. Uh, yeah. You know, honestly, it, it's like it's one of those <laughs> things where it's it's going to be super enjoyable for, for, for a short period of time. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's going to be done. So I, I hear you. No surprise. I'm going to say Mary. And not only did I love the game and I do want to go back and finish up all the side missions, but we haven't even really talked about the arcade mode, which again is one of the meta jokes inside Far Cry. So you can access the arcade at arcade machines that are set up in all of the bars and restaurants, and there will be fake NPCs playing. And they're like, hey, dude, come check out this arcade. This is amazing. They add new stuff to it all the time. And then they'll like be playing and they'll say... Wow, it even has user-generated maps in here. Because that's what the arcade is. You know, people in the community, they create their own little missions and their own, you know, outposts that you get to go attack. And I played a bunch of them, and I cherry-picked just by clicking on the highest-rated maps. They are a blast. And they are not small outposts. I mean, some of them, you get in there, and it'll tell you there's 29 enemies. Try to stealth your way through. It has a ton of content. It may not be the best marriage from all the games that you know we've taken a look at, but for me, there's so much to do. Uh, for me, it's a solid marry. Um, I, I kind of get why you would say make love, but it's it's at that level where there's so much to do. I, I think it's marry. All right, well, let's go to the leaderboard and see where this game stacks Ooh, up. This is going to be interesting. All right, Josh, leaderboard time. 
yeah, I, this this will be interesting. Where where do you think I should start? Like not quite middle. at the top, but a little bit top middle. half. Top half, middle. Yeah. There's there's no oh, way you or I are putting it above Rust, Rocket League, Apex, or Never. Overwatch. That would be bananas. No. Right after that, we have Rainbow Six Siege, Call of Duty Warzone, Valorant. Keep talking, and no one explodes. <sighs> would you put it in that range, or would you keep going lower? I. I mean that it's not above Warzone to me. Uh, it's not above Valorant to me. I think it is above Keep Talking and No One Explodes. Mm-hmm. But then I I'm trying to balance it with like the multiplayer aspect too because Keep Talking with a group of friends is great. Like so is the cycle. Like if you've got a four man squad going. Mm-hmm. But I mean we're talking co op too. Like two player co op here. It's such a good two player co op game. You know um I, I think I'm leaning above keep talking and no one explodes yeah that's kind of what i'm thinking i i was thinking either that or right above valorant and i love valorant i love keep talking and no one explodes it just really shows how much i love far cry 5 so if you want to put it just below valorant i'm okay with that valorant is more of a multiplayer experience anyway um, so if we want to put like it Valorant's between Valorant, it's just going to be longer lived too. Like we're going to see Valorant in like esports, you know what I mean? And that's like I, I, I have a hard time saying Far Cry Five is better than Valorant on the leaderboard. Like yeah. in some aspects, yes, it's. A, I mean, obviously, it's a completely different game, and that's the challenge of the leaderboard. The highs are higher, I think, than Valorant or even Warzone. Yes, yes but, but like the lows are a lot lower. And I'll likely play Valorant like a year from now, whereas I will not play Far Cry Five like a year from now. You know, so I think that's a good spot. I, I I'd say put it at what is that number seven? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It, it'll so we'll go ahead and we'll bump down. Keep talking and no one explodes, and we will lock in Far Cry Five. And one of these days, I, I think maybe in these next couple of weeks, we should take a look at revising the leaderboard. That way, we can get Halo down. Yeah, I mean, this is the time. We got to bump Before that down. Before Todd gets back, man, we yeah. got to get that. We're on a clock, I mean, so we'll, we'll have to get it on the agenda. <laughs> yeah. Do you think Todd will immediately quit if we revise the no, leaderboard? No, because Todd will make it his mission to oh, bump to Halo bring it back up the leaderboard. Yep. Okay. He will, yeah, he will not quit on that by All right. any means. So we don't have to fear <laughs> losing, <laughs> losing our partner in crime. All right. Fair enough. Well, I think that wraps up our show today is there any last minute thing you want to throw in about far cry 5 no no i had such a blast playing far cry 5 this week it was fun talking about it i think it has so many memorable things that'll you know stick with us moving forward we're we're going to reference herc and cheeseburger yeah. <laughs> you know it's just part of the lexicon now you know it's it's just in there yeah. So, yeah, for, for our audience, you know, please remember to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. You know, please leave us a, a, a review and rate the show five stars if you use Apple Podcasts. And also come check us out on Twitter and Instagram at MultiplayerPod. You know, we'll also keep you up to date there as we roll out our Twitch streams. We'd love to have you guys come join us for that. So you can also follow us on Twitch. I think our name is... What's our name Multiplayer on Twitch? Podcast. Multiplayer podcast. It might just be multiplayer pod. I don't. It's still in, it's still under construction, so it's one of those two. But <laughs> we're we we know what we're doing. We're professionals. Yeah, we know the exactly. name of it. So multiplayer pod or multiplayer <laughs> podcast. Come find us. You'll recognize the icon. 
And then next week, because we are such a professional podcast, we definitely know what we're covering next week, Josh. Uh, what game did we agree to cover next week? Uh, our our two-player game? Tarkov? Or, or, or are we sticking with two players? There was there was talk about Escape from Tarkov. We've got a lot of a lot of listeners that really want to hear a show on that, and I'd be down to play that. Sure. The I know that we talked about a way out, which is a really interesting like two player game. Let's let's go Tarkov because it's not story based. I was, I'm kind of itching to play Tarkov, and you know, yeah, like you said, there's no story to that really either. Yeah, so we'll we'll go into Escape from Tarkov next week. If you haven't played it, I see it almost as like the next progression of Battle Royales. It's where you run these short missions. You go in, try to get a bunch of loot, kill the enemy. You also have to extract your way out, and you keep your gear. It's perpetual from game to game. So if you get killed, you're going to lose a bunch of gear. So it can be incredibly fun. It can also be very frustrating. But if you want to, go play it this week, and then you can hear me and Josh talk about it next monday for that podcast so thanks so much for joining us everybody and keep your eyes peeled for peggies in the meantime you watch some peggies keep those shovels at the ready everyone (laughs) all right that's it for this week see you guys see you guys cheeseburger for life